0: Wait, this whole thing is my bad side. This is the bad side, right here. I know. I I know. It's just on getting the right side of my profile, which is just terrible. You know.
1: You want to switch? The bad side. Yeah. (laughs) We're fine. Uh,
0: So we got a
1: pig, a bear, and a dog.
0: Yes, this is our first experiments with three D printing. I guess so.
1: Oh, those are three D printed.
0: Yes, they were three D printed by by Ryan over there. Yep. Yes, I like the piggy bank too.
1: Ooh, there's money in
0: the yeah, there's money in there.
1: Look at that. Yeah. Tell me, you should make a giant, t- a big tube piggy bank.
0: Uh, we should have a tube piggy bank. That would be nice. I see we got the yo-yo here too. That's nice. That's a great. That's a great idea I'll see right you there. Get some more when
1: I get it, when oh. I get them. In fact, I need to order some more right now. <laughs> Sounds like us. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so you never remember until the last minute
0: Yeah Yeah Until you're running low Yep yeah. Someone's like We're out of this Stop what you're doing <laughs> Yeah
1: No I can relate mm-hmm. Check one so, two Check one two Everything good with the signal Justin? This is the cast The pod All right The video cast We got terrible noise Are we good? No All right If you got noise You could turn my stuff off No we're fine Well thank you for coming out Larry Oh, we on? Are we live? I, I guess so. Yeah. Why okay. not? You know. Okay. Cool. Yeah. Thank you so much. Thank you. This is awesome. I. Uh, I yes. I'm ha- very happy to be here. Very happy to have you. We. Um, so
0: first of all, what brings you to Florida? What brings you down this way?
1: Um, there's a place not far far from here called the Atlantic Center for the Arts, and um, it's a place that I. It's one of my favorite places. Period. And uh, it's kind of a place where magic happens for artists. They are very big supporters of artists. So in turn, I try to be as big a supporter for them as I can. And uh, they have a fundraiser called uh, Horsing Around, which I believe was originally got that name because it was uh, the uh, fundraiser was held on horse grounds.
0: Oh, yeah. I I do like horses. Yeah.
1: Even though I'm from Brooklyn originally. (laughs) (laughs) I did have horses when I lived in New Mexico, um, but I was terrified of them first. But now I love horses. Um, so then, the last year, because of uh, pandemic reasons, oh, yeah. they moved it to on the grounds, which made more sense than ever for people to come that are gonna donate money and, uh, to experience the ACA and you have to really experience it. They have, I think 28 or 29 cottages there for a resident, for artists to stay in. And they have a couple of master cottages for, uh, the people instructing and stuff. They have a, a theater, a, uh, a dance studio, a pottery studio, painting studio, um, an outdoor, small outdoor amphitheater, a museum, and they have all kinds of arts artists there, all kinds of arts, and uh, they're big supporters of that.
0: that's that's awesome.'ve I've actually been and it's, <laughs> it's it's beautiful there. And one thing I noticed, uh, you're talking about where you know the artists can work. They have these signs they're like, "shush. Yes. artist working
1: and working. I'm like man how do I get this <laughs> yeah. Yeah. and you know what's funny about those signs is like the artist could be making a lot of noise yeah they're drilling and building things and welding and stuff like that but yeah you you, you could put one of those signs out yeah. by your uh, I, yeah. tube garden there yeah true <laughs> tube gardens a great idea mm-hmm. i like that um
0: so i know uh someone was mentioning you have a gig uh coming up soon too
1: right uh Aside from doing the ACA, you're, uh, uh, did this you this say Tallahassee? Tallahassee. This is the start of my, uh, I've been home most of the year. I've gone out for a couple of things here and there, but this is the start of um, seven seven weeks, I think, or more. Seven or nine weeks Wow, of, of doing things. So I have, uh, there's a, an event called the Word of South Festival in Tallahassee, Florida, and that's this week in the... Um, the 8th, 9th, and 10th of April. And um, so I'm doing a show myself. And then uh, there's an artist that I've had the pleasure of producing and playing with for many years. Her name is Joy Harjo. She's actually the, for the third year in a row, the uh, United States Poet Laureate. And wow. she's the first Native cool. American poet laureate, poet laureate of the United States. Um, so we're playing, and then there's a, an artist from Germany named Fabiana Striffler, who's a violin, jazz, violin, avant-garde player. I'm going to try and sit in with her, and she's going to sit in with me. She can easily sit in with me. Me trying to sit in with a jazz artist is, uh, is unique. <laughs> it's different. So um, it's going to be fun. But they try and put uh, poets and authors uh, with musicians and see what they come up with this one joy and i have kind of a head start because we've been working together for a long time and a lot of things she's done uh well she she's a great saxophone player and native american flute player and just bold i'm gonna play any instrument at least once get it give it a try and uh but she's a great writer and uh, so we've done this before where I've done some atmospheric stuff and she's been doing, you know, reading and stuff. Like we'll that. But to, we're going to play some songs as well.
0: Oh, that's cool. We'll have to get some links too so everyone can, can see uh, yeah. who you're talking about and okay. what they do. Because that sounds really interesting. I'm interested in checking it out. So oh. um, I know yesterday we were talking a little bit uh, about uh, Nam. Yes. And you were, I know we're doing Nam this year. Uh, we'll be in the pro audio section like we always are, kind of in the same area. But you were telling me about some interesting gigs and, and
1: events you've done with Nam in the past. And yeah. I was just, I just thought that was really cool. Nam is interesting for me because I've been going since just out of high school, since like 1983 or 84, I think was my first one. And uh, I used to endorse a, a guitar company and they would bring me every year. I was there with them for 26 years and we've done some... Interesting, they were known for doing these elaborate shows with Steve Vai and Joe Satriani and stuff like that. I've done some of those interesting shows. Um, And I've done some events for other companies and um, for the last seven years, other than if we don't count last year, the last two years. I don't (laughs) think anyone counts the last two years. (laughs) Uh, I've done a jam in the Marriott Lobby. And um, the last four of those, I believe, were... Uh, we had 2,000 people. That's the maximum inside the Marriott lobby. All, all over, every nook and cranny. But if you get 2,000 people in the lobby, they shut it down. Uh, not the performance. They just go, they won't let anybody else in.
0: They close the doors. And, right? Lock uh, them up.
1: Yes. And we've had, uh, I'm fortunate, when you're around long enough, you end up meeting a lot of people and some you can call friends and some you just know and they know <laughs> you. So I've guilted some people into getting up and jamming with me and some friends wanted to jam with me. So, <laughs> okay. <laughs> There's house of the uh there you go. Yeah. Um so I've had uh Richie Kotzen, um which we go back to the Ibanez days in fact when Richie was maybe 16 17 years old. Oh wow. Um I've had uh Uh, Andy, Andy Timmons, one of my favorite guitar players in the world. And I've known Andy for 30 years and he's come up multiple times to play. My friend Travis Larson is a great guitar player. He's come up to play Vernon Reed. um, Oh, I bet that, that was cool. Yeah, absolutely. We've had to really, really, I'm sorry if I'm leaving people off, but every year they give you 50 minutes and I do four songs with my band, which could be 50 minutes, um, and then we start bringing guests up. And a lot of times they'll look at me like, Hey, you know, you've been on for an hour and a half. I'm like, Oh, I'm sorry. And he goes, <laughs> he goes, Can you wrap it up? Like, I got one more guest. Who is it? And I tell him they go, All right, all right, just 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 one song. One song. <laughs> so I've had some really great, really great guests.
0: Yeah. There. It's it's really it's an interesting experience, you know, just going out just the amount of talent, the the equipment that's being displayed there. It's just, it's just mammoth. People it, come from all over the yeah. world. Yeah. So, looking forward to seeing you out there.
1: Yeah, I'm looking forward to coming out and seeing what new stuff you guys... um I've kind of noticed some things around here, but I don't know what they are, and I'm not going to bring them up. But <laughs> I imagine they'll be out at, at Nam.
0: There's lots of secret things in the works always. Secret things. We try okay. to keep them secret these days, but, you know. It's hard to keep things secret. Yeah. You got Alexa is. in the house. Secrets Alexa's don't going, tell hey, things. Hey, Audioscape yeah, is
1: being—Alexa's <laughs> 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 selling it before you, have, you know, have it out there. I know, right? Yeah. So how did you hear about Audioscape? You know, I'm still not sure, totally sure, but I was looking for, at the end of last year, I had done a uh, a film score with um, a Native American artist, cellist named Don Avery. We've written lots of different cool projects and, together. And I was like, ooh, I need to get some gear. And I have an old-school Trident Series 65 console, 30, nice. 36 channels, 24 bus. And uh, I had gotten it originally just to track drums. I have some other mic pre's and and compressing and stuff like that. But um so when I'm working with artists I produce a lot of times it's just me and the artist and I'm just recording maybe two three three things at a time. Yeah. But when I needed to track drums at the same level you needed some good gear. So I got the board fell into my lap in a in a most beautiful way. Um but I was looking at the board and go I want to do more analog like really. I have analog front end, but I want to do some more analog all the way around. Yeah. You know, still going to have a tape machine. I mean, a tape machine. I'm going to have a uh, Pro Tools or Lunar or something, Logic, as a tape machine. But I have this board. I want to mix on it. And I decided to commit to mixing at least two projects a a year on it. At least two. If I could do more, that'd be great. But uh, sometimes artists won't understand that. Hey, can you change... The, you know, my vocal or, or the, you know, can you bring this up just a little bit? <laughs> like two weeks later, it's like, no, that mix is completely gone. Nah,
0: committed. <laughs> it's it's yeah. committed.
1: You got to say, and I can't go on to the next song until we go, yes, we're done. Is it done? You know, um, so I was looking for uh, EQ. I found one that someone had made themselves um, and I got that and I started reading about it. I went on the Gear Space page and, uh, and I found this long thread about the the uh, the uh, Pultec EQs and then got into LA-2As and I was like, oh, I want an LA-2A, real LA-2A of some sort, you know, like an analog. Um, and uh, and then I saw your name. You had piped in a couple of things. And I was like, what is this company? And I followed and went down a rabbit hole into YouTube <laughs> and it's like, this is cool. So then I went to your website. Well, I went to the Instagram and then I saw this, because I went, to the website, actually, I did go to that website first, but everything was sold out, and I was like, "What's so the I, deal?" <laughs> yeah, what's the deal? So I go to Instagram, and it said we on uh, on two, on Wednesdays and Saturdays. And first I thought it was like an auction; you have to bid on it. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, and I was like some more, and I was like, "All right, I'm going to get an LATA," and I tried, and I tried, It tried. There are, you know, that's how popular your stuff is. It took me, it took me almost a month. To even figure out, and that was the help of emailing and, and, te- and messaging and stuff like that. But I ended up getting the 2A and um, an 1176F rev, which is great. And I do want to get one of your Pultex uh, and probably uh, probably your um, bus compressor. But I'm going to wait on the bus compressor just to see what else you guys come up with.
0: Uh, well, first of all, bus compressor, that's just such a great general Purpose like since we that was our first product, so oh, really? Yeah, okay, yeah, back way back in 2016, and it's just been our bestseller. And so many people used it for so many things that, like, we're like, oh, we used it for the sound effects on the Marvel movie, all this weird stuff that you hear about. You're like, wow, that's crazy, you know? Cool, I just watched one of those movies with my kids, you know? But, um, yeah, yeah. I'm a Marvel fan, yeah, Mm -hmm. so, um, a little bit, you know, just we whatever the kids watch, you you know, you know how it goes, so you'll. But, um, no, I'm trying to think, uh, there was, you, you mentioned EQPs. Mm -hmm. I I think, are you looking for a mono or stereo or what are you, what are you thinking? Probably a mono. Probably a mono. Mono's great. Do you have a stereo one? No. If people buy stereo pairs and Uh then, you know, those before or even after uh, a bus compressor, for instance, magic on a mixed bus. Okay. Yeah. All right. Definitely, uh, definitely... Magic, as far it, like in the sense of taking the blanket off the speakers, kind of magic. Mm. So, um I, 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 that's one of my favorite ways to use them. A lot of other people too. They buy stereo pairs that way, okay. and, and with that in mind. So, just food for thought.
1: I uh, I will take your word for it. I believe <laughs> you. Um, yeah, I totally believe you. Now, now I gotta think about two. All
0: right. <laughs> so you were asking me. You're like, oh, is there anything I shouldn't ask or whatever. Yesterday, is there anything that you, you thought that would be a weird question? No, we, just, are, we are totally transparent here with anything. So, no,
1: I just reading on the on the on the year pages, and um, and the you know, there are analog people and two people oh, that like. really dive in and they take it very personal and very deep. Um, oh, they get yeah, they get a little little nuts and stuff like that. I don't know, like when I was here yesterday. Um, I got to see you guys working on stuff, and I'm not sure everybody out there understands that. That uh, I, they might think it's a, a big factory where there's an assembly line of people sticking a tube in, and then they send it on to the next person. They, tubes they, in, <laughs> tubes <laughs> are in. All right, you should put the circuit board in now. You should put the knobs on and stuff like yeah, that. It's done. Um, and this is a this is a, a hands on. This is like a boutique. Factory,
0: yeah, everything is ear tested. Wouldn't call it a
1: factory boutique shop. Yeah,
0: it's a boutique shop. Exactly, Mm -hmm. it's a small shop. Everything's ear tested. It's, is it good enough for our studio? You know, because if
1: we don't ship it out unless it is. And you, you have different levels of testing, right? That's where the (laughs) assembly line comes in. It's like, all right, I think this works, and then you pass and it's like, no, (laughs) no,
0: got to kick it back. Yep, back.
1: Yep, that I found impressive. And how many tubes you guys go through?
0: Yeah, yeah, a lot. It uh, just depends on the product, but some of them, like the Golden 58s, it's just ridiculous, the amount of tubes we have to go through just to find the magic yeah. pair or, you know, trio. So,
1: some of the tubes that you re- – well, some of the tubes you reject for the Golden uh, preamp is not because the tube's are bad. it's just didn't – Jive with the other tubes, right? Yep. So you can use those tubes in other products. Y- yes, okay.
0: and that, and uh, they they may even work in another build. It's just it, like it's just finding the how they coordinate together.
1: That's you know? pretty finicky. Yeah, that's so, that sounds like it takes a lot of time.
0: It does. That's why everyone's like, I don't understand why you don't sell all three hundred at once. Like I like you know just bear me with the tube garden if that's what what happens because like it takes a long time okay. to to tube roll one for sure. So, you know, doing five a sales day is, is stressful enough, you know, okay. like for what we're doing for sure. So,
1: so you're doing 300. Uh, altogether? total. That's it. That's it. And so, particularly reason why you're doing 300. Um, we mainly the, uh,
0: input transformers, uh, that we use, we use four of them per unit. We have some old new old stock ones that we're using. in okay. uh, so, in addition to new all stock tubes, which that really isn't the concern too much. It's mainly the uh the transformers that we're using, which are great. They were using like a lot of like Euro consoles in like the late 60s, early 70s, okay. these transformers, and they're just they're awesome. They're like completely flat from like 20 hertz to 50 kilohertz, oh. which is really cool because the circuit has a lot of character and it's got a natural, like, you know, high-end roll-off and things like that that you would expect from a tube amp, but you have these crazy transformers, and they just creates just something sort of unique and special between the two of them.
1: Okay. You, know? you mentioned character. So, one of the things I—when I, uh, I got my Opto from you and my 1176, I tried it, I tested them out, and um, I have another company's uh, 1176 d revs, which— um, I thought were worked. I mean, they compress and they do stuff. <laughs> and I always like, all right, this is cool. And it kinda like some of the plugins I have. And some plugins sound different than other plugins. I plugged yours in and like, there's like oh, that's right. Analog gear has a character to it. And you either jive with the character of that or you don't. And then some analog pieces have a character that a flavor that it sounds like the other ones, but slightly different than the other ones. And um so then I went back and listened not to really uh, uh dog on another company's stuff but I listened to that again and I was like oh no so I I have to I have six channels of outboard gear of like mic pre compressor EQ um, besides my board yeah. and I started going down the line of like I want to be able to again have different stations set up with mic my you know all set up ready to go so when that creative process hits when I have several people, I have some artists coming down from Nashville to work with me this year. Yeah. And I know it's going to be a think tank and it's going to be working fast. I can't be going, hey, let me just set up a mic over there. I want to just turn switches on or have them, you know, tube gear. Everything analog gear, routed, yeah. Have just, it on at yeah. time. And so I had, in my priority, I was like, oh, wait, so those actually, those 1176s, the other ones, didn't actually make it in that. They're just hanging out right now. Because <laughs> the character was different. And, yeah. And, um, so Dad's, I can go down a rabbit hole of stuff I oh, need well, to they, get. From yeah, <laughs>
0: well, they're filling the racks. They're you filling know, the they're racks. definitely they're definitely <laughs> <They're laughs> racks. So, yeah. no, that's awesome. That's that's great to hear. Yeah, that the character is that's for us at this point everything i think back when analog gear was the only option people were looking for clean a lot
1: yes so and I you grew up know, on the yeah. other side i was uh you know in my new york days i'm the guy that came in and played guitar on a lot of tracks and people had gear and i remember a crying a thing that i cry over now is that uh, i was in a band with this guy steve missile he came back from a, a studio closing sale and he had like he had a U forty seven, which you paid two hundred dollars for.
0: Oh my goodness. And he had a
1: handful of ribbon bikes. He goes, Yeah, I probably won't use these. I was like, what else? He goes, ribbon bikes. And I'm like, all right. I love ribbon bikes now. I only <laughs> I yeah, I love ribbon mics. But um like, you know, all that stuff. Engineers were complaining about darkness they were complaining about oh tape is dark and ribbon mics are dark and then you know oh don't use that eq because it's it's an EQ but it starts out dark or it starts out this starts out and um and then when digital came I remember people were talking about oh this is cool you can finally hear things that way. And when I got into be, being on the other side of recording I started with uh well I was around and working with people doing tape and I learned a bunch of stuff like that but I wasn't the only you Know they were real engineers, doing yeah. That. That's just a whole nother world, and then it, I got yeah, it, it to, to uh eight ads per minute, and then I owned DA38s and a, a ghost console. And uh, and that's when I was like, Oh, all those engineers that were complaining about things being too dark and dirty and uh not clear were talking about how analog how, how digital is just too bright and harsh. And uh, so it's a, the audio world goes round and round and round.
0: It was almost like a gross overcorrection, yes. you know, in a way. Yes. Yeah, and I, I remember the other side of it, like, I've you know, not obviously, you know, as long as you—I'm only 40, but I remember, like, when, when I was coming up, you know, we were still recording the tape, you mm-hmm. know, and— then everything switched to digital there and it just, it was really, really bad in the beginning. The digital yeah. transition, if you go back and listen to some of those records. So the songwriting wasn't bad on some of, the, especially the pop stuff or whatever, yeah. but man, it was just, yeah. it was brutal, brutal on the ears.
1: I think there, was, you know? th- there were two two things, and I'm probably going to get hate mail for this, but uh, <laughs> there were two things that were were a problem in the in the late 90s. Because Pro Tools went to more than eight tracks, what in ninety-seven, I think, somewhere around there. Um, one of the cool things about old school engineers were they came in, you you set up your stuff, they looked at your rig, they stuck a mic in. And they immediately started, some guys would start EQing right away. They knew the mic they had. They knew the amp. They listened to the sound you had and they knew the what tape machine they were going to. And they started EQing without even hearing stuff, you know, just in general. Um, and there were things that you knew, those guys knew um, the room. They knew the the equipment. They The only variable were what you brought in. And um, some of those guys took that to the digital world, and that didn't work. And then you had the digital, you know, the converters and and uh, everything. It was uh, harsh. There was harshness to, to start with. So I think there, those are the two things that led to some really weird recording stuff in the transition.
0: Beginning. Yeah, yeah, it was just yeah, the the whole. You know, we could go down the rabbit hole, the music industry transitioning around that point too. But yeah, it was just crazy. The whole digital revolution. The digital
1: revolution. And then you had um, large companies realizing that the market wasn't making large format consoles anymore. And so it was like everybody was coming up at home studios. So they were gearing towards that. And then they were, I think... Not some companies weren't making things really that good for the home studio market. They were just capitalizing in the home studio market, and now I think it's understood you have to make good stuff on every level. Yeah, and what you're doing is taking um what's been uh standard or sought after, long sought after parts of the analog world from from the, six, from the 70s on up, 60s, 70s, and making it available today true to the original is great. And your price point is like, wow, you know, which is probably why they won't stay on the shelf. <laughs> that helps, you know, because, uh, I mean, you can buy some of the vintage gear, but it's crazy prices. And yeah. you can buy some of the, uh, some of the people making vintage looking stuff, but it's not made to the original specs like you guys are doing. It. Yeah.
0: Well, it's, we're just trying to be, a, we're, you know, musicians, we're artists as well. Yeah. So we're, we're, the goal of the company started out and it still is the goal is to be a resource for people. Like it's to make music better. I know not to be sound cheesy or anything like that. That's the true heart and soul of what this company is. Mm-hmm. So like w- the music that we all listen to, we want, we want it to improve it. Like, so, and we know it's in, it's in the home. A lot of it's being recorded at home. So well, stuff it's, is being, yeah, uh, you know, but we, we to you know, the biggest studios, the smallest. So we don't, you know, we don't, we're just happy to have it out there working, yeah.
1: you know. Yeah. Now I get, it. I see it in, um, I watch some uh, studio rig rundowns, and every now and then I see a couple of pieces. I'm like, oh yeah, it's great. <laughs> uh, I watch a lot of rig rig rundowns. Um, one of the things I I did teach for a while at the College of Santa Fe, and one of the interesting things that they had there were, uh Reason was out too, and Reason was like, you know, electronic music awesomeness, you know. Yeah. But they used at the College of Santa Fe and Berkeley School of Music did it as well. Um, in order for a university to, to teach how to wire things and stuff like that, they'd have a, a Mackie sixteen channel board and uh, a couple of reverbs and and a keyboard and stuff like that. They had everything that was in the re- the Reason rack, right? but you'd have it, in the, at first you'd have like 11 of those and you can have 11 people in a class. Then they realized they can have one or two of those and then have the, the uh, reason yeah. in there. And, and you, if you can do it in the real world, you could do it in reason. Um, no, that's when I, interesting. Yeah. When I taught at the College of Santa Fe, we tried to have a lot of analog gear there. I don't know if that's still the case. You know, you had the analog gear and then you you. You've Got to learn how to use the analog gear, listen to it, and then you try to redo it in the digital world, which I still think works. So uh, I'm going to say to people who run music departments at colleges and uh, even my friend Pat Patton at um, is a high school, which has like a ridiculously great music program at their high school. Uh, you should check out some Audioscape stuff because um, it's true to the original. I, I think and then have a rack of that and go this is these are plugins but in the in the real world this is a real <laughs> one, one thing a lot it's funny you mentioned the the audio programs
0: a lot of people that work here actually went to daytona state college the audio program there they mm-hmm. learn how to like solder a guitar pedal or do something there and then they wanted to carry on and mm-hmm. like so it, there's this whole sort of infrastructure of um of people that work here that went to audio schools and uh, whether it's Full Sail or Daytona State or... uh, And it's just really neat, you know, to see like a a lot of people, we know each other here, you know, just through those uh, interconnections there
1: through the audio schools, so... By the way, I can't solder at all. I can't solder (laughs) so bad that um, in 19... (laughs) Uh Oh,
0: Oh, oh, that's Trevor saying he can't solder and he Uh. works here, so that's... <laughs> in, uh, that's that's sad.
1: I think it was um, eighty nine or ninety, um Demacio gave me some new pickups to put in one of my my guitars, and I managed to uh burn out the pots in three guitars. I was only supposed to change the pickups in one, <laughs> and burn my fingers. And I so at that point, I had no guitars that worked anymore. And I called him up, and he said you bring the guitars here and I, I, of course didn't learn. I'm from New York. I didn't learn how to drive until I was in almost 36. Oh yeah. There. Uh, I had to get on a train, took my three guitars on the train to Ivan I got there and then uh, after fixing the guitars, he said, give me your phone number of your texts. I had two guitar texts for live shows. He called them both. He goes, I want you to go to Larry's house, take, find all the soldering irons and throw them in the trash. <laughs> I have not picked up a soldering iron since. So, um, I won't. There won't be artist day here with me. <laughs> <laughs> well, I I know. Uh, oh oh okay.
0: yeah, yeah. It is getting about time. So well, thank you so much, Larry. Sure. We're gonna have a you. performance. So I'm gonna play. Come, and, yeah. Uh, and will you be a guest on my? Uh, I will. I okay. will attempt. It's been a. It's been a hot minute. So okay. You know,
1: but I also want to talk
0: with you on the okay. on show as well. All I'll right. Introduce
1: them to it. Okay. Cool. Thank you. All Is right. that cool? Yeah.
0: yeah. I could be your avant-garde guest. <laughs> and if you want to do bizarre questions after
1: your performance, like, we'll do like a five-minute Bizarre questions? Yeah.